Super Talk Mississippi media production. All right, second half of our opponent preview on today's show, the Kentucky Wildcats. We will be talking to John Hale, my friend from up in uh, Kentucky, the Louisville Courier-Journal. Been covering the Wildcats for a long time up there. No EPL jokes today. John, please, I beg you. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about Will Levis. He's the story of the Kentucky's offseason uh, thus far for me. And look, when I saw him play last year, good quarterback. Was I was impressed with him at times. I thought he gave Kentucky a dimension they hadn't had. They won a lot of games. Great great for them. And then you come into this season and we see him uh, you know, in a mock drafts, top 10 pick, top 5 pick, number 1 overall pick in some mock drafts. I thought he was good, but what what am I missing? What what am I not seeing? Am I wrong about Will Levis getting that much preseason hype? I I don't think you're wrong. I think it's a question of what he is now versus what he can be. And let's be honest, the more reputable of these mock drafts have him as kind of a mid to late first round pick Mm -hmm. uh, versus some of these that have him as a top 10. The one that had him at number one overall certainly was a kind of an outlier, but I do think it's a question of he was good last year. He got better as the season went along. He showed a pretty high amount of promise considering he had just been a backup at Penn state. It was his first year as a full-time starter he has a great arm strength he can make plays with his legs he was operating in an offense that Liam Cohen brought from the Rams to Kentucky now Cohen is back with the Rams the Super Bowl champions as their offensive coordinator he's probably going to be an NFL coach head coach in the next two years so he was succeeding in this offense that is so in vogue at the next level right now which I think definitely helps him in the minds of you know some of these pro scouts mock draft kind of people that being said if he's going to cash in on that hype, even the more conservative part of it, a first-round pick, he's got to take another step forward. He's got to throw fewer interceptions. He's got to make some better decisions. He's got to prove that he can um, make a competent passing game without Wondell Robinson, who was basically his number one, number two, and number three options last year. All of those things are legitimate questions. So I, I think he could be the same quarterback and still be Kentucky's best player at that position in 10 or 15 years. But if he wants to be a first-round pick like like so many are projecting right now, he definitely still needs to take another step a step ahead. And one thing he does have to fall back on is, you know, Kentucky under Mark Stoops has always been a great running team, and they've done it with depth through the years. They, they've had you know top-quality backs, but they've also been able to have that second and third back be really, really good. Chris Rodriguez, I know we'll talk about him in, in the legal issues in just a moment, but He's sort of the spearhead of this of this offense. Do they still have that same depth in the backfield they've had the past few years under Stoops? Yeah, I mean, it's it's obviously not nearly as proven as it was beforehand. You know, when Chris Rodriguez was the number two guy, when they had A.J. Rose, when they had Benny Snell, they had guys who had, who had been out there and played a lot. In terms of the guys behind Chris right now, which could be very important because, as you mentioned, he's got a legal issue. He pled guilty to a DUI charge in, in June. We don't really know what amount of games he'll be suspended for if any mark stoops wasn't ready to say at sec media days but behind him the only guy who's played significant snaps before is cavassier smoke who's kind of the speed option or has been the last couple years the home run threat at that position but he's also been injured a lot he's really struggled to stay on the field and be healthy so he's kind of a question mark in himself they went out and added uh, Ramon Jefferson, a transfer from Sam Houston State, was one of the best running backs at the FCS level last year. Is a similar running style to Chris Rodriguez, but how you translate from being a you know 1,500-yard back at the FCS level to the SEC, nobody, I think, really knows for sure. 
Uh, a guy like Jatan McLean, they're really excited about at running back. Lavelle Wright, another young guy, but neither of those guys has played significant snaps before. And it's a real question as to you know whether they're ready to take that next step forward. I think there's potential for them to be as deep as they have been in the past, but it's so unproven right now that if you're a Kentucky fan, you're really hoping that Chris Rodriguez does not miss uh, you know a significant amount of time. And then you mentioned him a minute ago, Wondell Robinson, so good for Kentucky a season ago, now off to the NFL. Who replaces him as the big play guy in that passing offense? Yeah, the hope is that you have a group of guys step up and you have, I guess, you know, four or five different receivers that you feel good about throwing to and no single one of them does what Wondell Robinson did. I mean, obviously he, he broke the single season record for catches and receiving yards at, for the program. So nobody had ever done what Wondell Robinson did for Kentucky last year. But uh, they went out and added Tavion Robinson, same last name from Virginia Tech as the transfer. He's kind of the like for like replacement. Will be their I think Will Levis's number one option as the slot receiver. They'll move him around, do a bunch of different things. But they need some other guys to step up too. Uh, Demarcus Harris was a, is a, a junior now. He's been on campus for three or four years. He he made some plays down the stretch last year. They need him to be better. Um, then they need some freshmen to really contribute. And they signed several really intriguing players in that 22 class. Dane Key is a local guy from Lexington, a four-star recruit, was here for spring practice, enrolled early, was maybe the standout receiver in spring, has apparently carried that momentum into the summer. Will Levis at SEC Media Days called him a starter. So he's obviously going to be counted on a lot. Uh, they signed a four-star kid from the Nashville area named Barryon Brown, who they need to come in and contribute right away. Then they've got two freshmen who are kind of track stars, including Jordan Anthony from the Mississippi area, who uh, is the fastest high school sprinter in the country, won the U.S. U-20 200-meter championship earlier this summer. So they've got some speed there, but they'll definitely need uh, some new faces to emerge at that receiver position. Defensively, under Mark Stoops, we know that this is going to be a hard hard-hitting, you know, salty unit. It has been every year. They, they've got some guys, you know, some names that Mississippi people are going to recognize. Josiah Hayes is from Mississippi. Uh, Jock West Jones is a transfer from Ole Miss. But some new faces on this defensive unit as well. How good can that, that group be? I think that they have the potential to be really steady. I mean, I, I think the baseline on defense for Kentucky in the last four or five years has been elevated to a point because that's Mark's, you know, bed and bread and butter. They've got a lot of continuity there with uh, with Brad White coming back and defensive coordinator, even though, you know, like LSU and some other programs pursued him very heavily in the offseason, that you feel good that they're going to be at least competent. The question for me is whether they have – you know, the individual star power they had at, at times. I mean, obviously they probably don't have a Josh Allen who was the defensive national player of the year in, in 2018. Uh, they might not even have a Josh Pascal who was so important to them last year on the defensive line. So there are definitely some holes they needed to fill. But the good news is, is they've recruited a level that now the guys who are replacing those former stars – on defense were actually higher rated recruits coming out of high school than those guys were. So you, you think that they have some potential to move in there. If, if they're going to be good on defense up front, they're going to need a guy like Justin Rogers, who was a five-star recruit from Michigan um, three or four years ago to emerge as a true difference maker, uh, an NFL draft pick kind of talent. They're really deep at the second level at linebacker because they got three of their starters last year, Jock West Jones, DeAndre Square and Jordan Wright to all come back for that super senior season next 
extra year of eligibility. And then behind them, they still have J.J. Weaver, who's probably their most talented linebacker, who was a little rusty last year coming off a torn ACL, was a really, really good player. Uh, Trevin Wallace, uh, Martez Thrower, Derek Jackson, some really talented backups they feel good about in the second level. But the secondary on defense is really their, their real question mark. They lost a bunch from last season. And then Vito Tisdale, who they were counting on to be their nickelback, kind of moving around to everything towards ACL and spring practice is probably going to miss the entire season. Uh, so that that's a question. They went out and added a bunch of transfers. Uh, Kedron Smith from Ole Miss uh, being the highlight maybe of that group, probably going to start at corner from them. How about him? They, yeah. yeah, they added some other guys. Um, Zion Childress from Texas State. They went out and added a Division II cornerback, uh, a walk-on from, from Mississippi State who's uh, who's transferred here. So it's going to be, I think, in preseason camp, a, a wide-open competition to figure out who steps up in the secondary. That's That's the real question on defense. Let's look at this game itself. You know, the, the road team hasn't won in this series since 2014 when State came up there as the number one team in the nation. Uh, last year here in Starkville, I mean, Will, Will Rogers had his best game as a collegian. He threw completed 94% of his passes, which sounds silly when you say I laugh every time I say it. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, two years ago, I thought that was the most embarrassing loss of Mike Leach's tenure. Absolutely dominated by Kentucky from one end of the field to the other. What are your your thoughts early and you know early here in July or late in July on on this game? Is there a chance for Mississippi State to come to Lexington and win? Or you know, when you look at Kentucky's schedule, they could be rolling at this point if things go their way, especially if they can win that game in Oxford, which I think that they will. This has a potential to be a, a it's always a swing game, but this has the potential yeah. to really swing somebody's season. Yeah, I mean if if. For me, looking at Kentucky's schedule, those two Mississippi games are really like maybe the most important in ter- determining whether they're going to be a you know seven eight win team, maybe nine wins like they have they were last year, or a legitimate contender in the East. Like if they, if they think that they could actually push Georgia, or even if they don't push Georgia, get in contention for like that Sugar Bowl spot, they need to win both those games. And we know that this series has been kind of hard to predict. I mean, you mentioned the game two years ago when they just completely shut down the air raid and Mike Leach and it looked like they had figured that out. And then last year they just got destroyed. I mean, that was really the game that all the questions about Kentucky's secondary popped up. And, you know, it seems like on paper to me, the way last year's game played out is probably truer to form than two years ago, because Kentucky's defensive philosophy is generally kind of a bend don't break we're going to give you the yards in front of us and not give up big plays. And we know that's how the air raid really thrives. And so like, how do you counter that strategy? If, if you're a defense that, you know, isn't going to be super aggressive and super, you know, I, pretty conservative out there is, is their general philosophy. I think that it's a real question, but um, to me, it's, it comes down to that secondary. If some of these transfers step up and, and prove to be legitimate SEC level players, I like their chances against an offense like Mississippi State, but if if they have some of the same issues they had in the back end of the defense a year ago, that's a real a real opportunity to to have some of the bigger goals for the season kind of go off the rails. You know, State plays Alabama right before Kentucky this year, so I mean that's good. Yeah. yeah, no rest for the weary there. So that yeah, that's historically the, that's not a great uh, a great method for your next week. I guess. No, it's not. And both games on the road, so this is an interesting stretch for Mississippi State. These two games try to find a way to be one and one, and I mean obviously you think the one can be Kentucky. You don't have a whole lot of faith in it being Alabama, but we will see when we get to uh, the end of October how this all pans out uh, for Mississippi State. John Hale from the Courier Journal. Thanks a lot, man. Always appreciate your time.
Thanks for having me. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.